Welcome, Sacramento soccer fans, to the State of the Republic podcast. I'm so happy. Everyone on here is so happy. Well, with the exception of one person that will be a, a guest here for a couple of minutes, but history was made yesterday. If you're a big-time Sacramento Republic fan, put it on your calendar every year. Uh, just have it always in mind because we're never going to forget May 25th, 2022, because I think aside from the championship win in 2014, this is probably the next biggest moment in our history. And we're moving on to the quarterfinals in the Open Cup. And oh, we're, we're so excited to talk about this game and what, what, what occurred uh, in these 90 plus minutes. But let me go ahead and introduce our co-host today. We have our, our two amazing co-hosts joining us. First, let's go over to you, Sharon. How's it going, Sharon? Welcome to the show. Hey, thank you, Luis. Yeah, it was a pretty special night last night. I don't think I'm going to forget it soon for a couple of reasons, but we'll see if we're going to get into one of the reasons. But definitely the reason of the 2-0 win uh, was wonderful. And you guys, guess who secured a point? You guys were all like uh, not in regulation. Guess who guessed regulation? Even though I didn't get the score right, nobody did. Nobody got the goals right, goal scorers right for the first goal that scored. But this one here said it was going to end in regulation. So, whoop, woo! I don't think I'm in the L basket anymore. I'm in the tide. I think I'm with you guys now. Joseph A. Banks, am I, am I like tied with somebody at this point? All you're, right. You're tied with me. You actually got two points, not one point. Remember, uh, penalty kicks was also another bonus. Oh, and I said no PKs. But that yeah. would, oh, yeah, right? <laughs> oh, heavens to Betsy. So, yeah. So happy, happy days for Sharon, but more happy days for Danny Vidiolo, dude. I can't wait to start talking about him and doing some of the review of, uh, of, of what he did last night. <laughs> golden gloves. It's like golden body. You know, that guy has not only is it gloves, it's got golden, you name it, whatever. Anywho, Jared, how are you doing? I thought I got dropped back in 2014 or 2015 last night. I mean, I had not seen Hard Health Park that packed, that full of energy in as long a time as any. I mean, and yes, I did actually grab my uh, State of the Republic podcast scarf just before the game ended. I mean, just so I could whip it around. I mean, that was. It was nuts. I mean, I, I could not believe that game. I am glad I was wrong. Like I said, I was glad I was wrong in my prediction. But, oh, man, that place was was rocking, even on the ESPN feed. So, you know who got the prediction right? It was none of us, right? And it was none of our guests that were on the live show, except for somebody who was, like, scrolling and trolling in the comments, otherwise known as, I believe, Scott Bradford. Right. Yes. Yeah. Yes. The dirty dog. He nailed it. He said 2-0 <laughs> that we were going to win. You know, it's like, ow, that's got. So if he was in this little contest of ours, our little three-way contest, if he was in, he would have gotten, he would have gotten a point. And yeah. I think he said regulation. So he would have gotten two points. So ah. yay, Scott, but you're not playing in our, in our three-way <laughs> uh, contest here. So forget about it, Scott. You just get uh, honor honorable mention. But later on in the season, we we might have uh, other fans join in, and they could donate the points to whoever's <laughs> their favorite co-host, right? Maybe. <laughs> <laughs> oh, let me get going on the glasses of gratitude. Then, oh my gosh, I gotta just love everybody who jumped on the podcast on Tuesday night. 
you guys are super duper, you know, you guys just keep accruing those points. And, you know, if you want to donate them to me, your favorite podcast mom, that would be awesome. But I got a shout out. If we're moving into, are we moving into Galazas of Gratitude yet, Luis? Yeah, let's go ahead and move right, right to, to it. Martha's daughter was incredible after the game last night. What is her name, Luis, Martha's daughter? J- Jen. Jen. Oh, my goodness gracious. So she was running her own little uh, live feed last night. I don't know on what platform, whether it was Instagram or Facebook or TikTok. I don't know. But I, all of a sudden, my friend Brett said, hey, go down there. They're doing like this live feed. So I went down there and I kind of got in the face and I was like, blah, blah, blah. It was a great win. And all of a sudden they looked at me and I I said something about State of the Republic podcast. And they go, are you podcast mom? And it's like, yeah. Oh, my God. We've heard so much about you. My mom is Martha. And it was like, oh, my gosh, we've heard so much about Martha. So anyhow. I have to give a a shout out because I ended up on their live feed and they were just adorable, these two young ladies. And uh, so State of the Republic podcast kind of got some airtime on their feed. So, Martha, if you watch our podcast from tonight, please let your daughter know that she made my night last night, amongst other things. I mean, there's massive galoses of gratitude. Connor, um, you know, there's just, oh, that's right. The angel sound. You got that right, Luis? Yeah. It's a modified sound. It's a new one. Hopefully, hopefully Ooh. everyone likes it. Oh, okay. Well, yeah, <laughs> that would be nice. Uh, it'd be nice to hear a modified sound. I know it used to be like this little harp sound, but um, to, Connor, Connor was great last night, Louis. You have to admit he was running crazy. He had so much on his plate, but he was really cool. We got there really early and it was great. And I also another shout out to my friend, Brett, who kind of helped and my sister who helped me hold it together when an incident occurred that affected me for a good two thirds of the game, if not a three quarters of the game. Um, but we may talk about that. We might not. We'll see. Jared, Galazas of Gratitude, kicking it to you. All right. For Colossus of Gratitude, I'm going to go back in time a little bit. Uh, first of all, once again, I want to thank all uh, the San Jose Earthquakes uh, podcast uh, folks from this past Monday for making an appearance. Uh, Chris, uh, Ivan, and Hamon, certainly appreciate you three fellows uh, for taking time out of your schedules to speak with us about the match. It was definitely a, a match made in history. And uh, unfortunately, fortunately, whichever way you want to take it, uh, it ended up uh, on our end. But nonetheless, a fantastic battle. I appreciate having you guys on there. And then also to, to Connor as well and the rest of his team for aggressively marketing this match. I mean, it, this match just needed the hype up that it got. I mean, it got butts in seats. It had drama. It got people behind the, the, the club that normally uh really don't voice their their support as loudly as they did that night. So thank you, Connor, getting everybody behind it. And really to ESPN Plus for fixing their feed, albeit it was about the 12th minute in that they finally decided, okay, I guess we can show the match. But thank you very much for getting it fixed. So even those of us that are outside of the market area could witness Sacramento history. I mean, like they said, it just... It was like a throwback to 2014, 2015. I wish every match was like this. I mean, I really do. How about you, Luis? 
All right. So I got a couple ones here. Um, I mean, I also have to give the shout out to everyone who joined us in those two live shows uh, from uh, our, our friends at uh, San Jose Earthquakes, the different uh, guys who were on Monday show to all the Sacramento Republic fans that showed up on Tuesday and everyone who left a comment on those two days. We really appreciate it. And uh, we, we had a lot of fun talking about uh, both teams. Also, a shout out to uh, Sharon for giving me the West Ham jersey, which uh, I proudly now have hanging <laughs> uh, on my wall. It's really awesome. And I think it's really cool that it got signed by a couple of the former players and, and whatnot. And also the fact that it's you know straight from England and straight from their actual official store too. Really cool stuff. Also, uh, my uncle for joining me at, at our third consecutive Open Cup match. And as I told him in the last one, and I said it again last night, he's bringing us good luck, right? And uh, I, I'm going to try and see if he could come out to uh, a USL game as well so he can continue with that luck. And, uh, you know, why not? It'd be really nice if we can go to L.A., but that, that seems a little bit tough for us to, <laughs> to be able to go. But huge shout out to him for, uh, again, for going with me. and. One more shout out just in general to everyone who works for Sac Republic from the marketing team that did a really amazing job hyping up the match and uh, all the different efforts that were done uh, to Kevin Nagel for, uh, again, awarding those two tickets to season ticket members who had already purchased their tickets. And he was out at the match yesterday as well. And just to, again, in general, everyone did a great job from the team on the pitch to everyone who makes the show work like Connor as well fantastic job and and we really appreciate it as fans and you know they got rewarded with uh, a sellout crowd of uh, 11,569 people there um so really epic stuff and I, i'm with you jared i really hope we see this again and uh, you know if we make the playoffs and we get to host i wouldn't be surprised if if we see that um during the playoffs as well all right. Well, uh, let me let everyone know uh, what's going to go on in today's show. So we're going to be talking about the, the match uh, and, uh, you know, just the, our thoughts of everything that happened. And uh, we'll also have a special guest from uh, the Quakes Epicenter, Alex Morgan. Uh, he actually was yesterday at the game uh, on the sidelines there uh, reporting. And he, he's going to talk to us a little bit more about what happened exactly. Right. Well, why is it that? Uh, San Jose, uh, I think, wasn't as competitive as we would have imagined, right? And and why they had such late subs uh, at the end of the game and what could have been players that could have been starters and who knows, right? Maybe it would have been more of a challenging game and Jared and me probably would have gotten a, a point <laughs> if it would have gotten extra time at least, right? All right, so let's go ahead and talk about uh, yesterday's uh, amazing when uh, we're, we're all still uh, hyped up for it and, and just watching the highlights, you just get so excited because, you know, you, you saw it live and you saw how the goals went down. And Jared, I know you were probably like screaming. Everyone probably heard your celebrations in your neighborhood, but it, it, it was just something else. And, you know, for us to score first isn't a, a a new thing, right? We've done it in the last two Open Cups, but, you know, you can't help but uh, have that, you know, nervousness of like, okay, we've done this before in the round of 16. Let's just hope that the team can maintain, you know, this win or even, you know, extend it just like they did. I want to hear your guys' overall thoughts. And so uh, how about we go with you, Sharon, first? Oh, 
So, so get this. You see that little red person? Okay, so we're what we're now looking at is the uh, earthquakes version of the uh, U.S. Open Cup replay of the first goal. Uh, by that will be scored by Luis Felipe off of a Roro corner. There's a person standing in the um, on the platform of VIP in red, and she has a ball cap on, and she's trying to video the the um, <laughs> she's trying to video the corner kick at the same time as watch it. Well, I totally screwed it up. I missed the Luis Felipe part. I kind of got the Roro part. I got the back of the net getting shook by the ball, but that is it. But you will see at the at the tail end, right when the goal scores, you see a little arm go up in the air. And so I made the little highlight reel. So if anybody goes back and takes a look at it, that goal it happened directly in front of me. It's like when everybody in Tower Bridge Battalion gets to watch, you know, the goal scored in front of them. That's how I felt. Because I was up on the stage there and, you know, this was after I lost something or that something got stolen from me. But anywho, so I was trying to make the best of it. And uh, man, what a goal. And I knew it was so funny. Robert was taking forever to set the corner kick up right and to watch his guys. It, it took a while for everybody to get exactly the way that they had planned. And when the ball got launched across and when Luis Felipe got free and when he punched it in the back of the net, there was no deposit, no return. It was never coming back from the back of that net. It was just incredible. And for a moment, we all thought, oh, someone's going to save it. It looked there was some spinny action like the ball stopped and spun and then went in. It was just like the weirdest looking goal that I've ever seen because it was like, oh, it's going to pop back out. Nope. It just spun itself in. So go ahead and play the the highlight reel and and then tell us, you guys tell me what you thought. <laughs> yeah. So let, let's take a look at the, the first goal. And yeah, that's really awesome that you had a really good view of it there. Uh, Luis Felipe gets a clear, you know, he, he had it on, on, on his own and it doesn't always happen, right? That we get a guy that is just isn't marked and, you know, he's, he's got a clear angle to just header it in, but Sure happened for Luis Felipe, and when I saw it was that guy scoring a goal, man, you know, that goal celebration, you know, it, it was great, right, as it would have been had it been any other player. But when you know it's a guy who used to play for the team that he's scoring against, that's the more of the celebration because you know that he is really excited to score against them, especially after how uh, he got treated, right, because he got let go from San Jose. He had been with them a couple of years, and... Yeah, I know it wasn't up to him to leave from what we were told on, on Monday's live show from our uh, earthquake friends. It was not his decision, right? It was based on the coach letting him go because he didn't fit um, his playing style. Jared, you're the one who watched it on television. And I mean, like, how loud were you in the neighborhood? I uh, mean, I'm, I'm surprised I didn't get a knock on the door by, by the Avondale police. I mean, by, by how I was celebrating. <laughs> I mean, we our front room, we have it set. So uh, just like uh, going around the corner, we have our back porch, which empties out to like a little uh, pond area. So really anything loud definitely rever- uh, reverbs against the water and goes across the neighborhood. So I'm surprised uh, no one has... Uh, had made a noise complaint for the first goal or the second goal. But I mean, this is just an amazing shot. And and I did see the rolling and I was thinking, Oh man, he's going to punch it out. But Nope. Did yeah, not happen. It, it rolled of, in. 
It's, did you see how it kind of spun after it hit the hit the keeper? It kind of did this funny spinny thing. And yeah, you and I both thought it was going to roll. I thought it was going to roll out, that it wasn't going to cross the line. And then it did. And so thank goodness for, you know, for the, um, you know, for the touch on, on the, on the keeper and that he touched it wrong and that it went in. Um, but for just one heartbeat of a second, you know, it just didn't look like it was going to go in and, oh, there's Sharon on the corner leaning and hoping it's going in. I was probably kicking at the same time. And then the minute it goes in, you'll see a little arm Uh go up in the air. (laughs) Did you see my arm? Yeah, I saw it. Yeah. There's there's a frame there. The arm going up. Yay. Yep. Yeah, it's a, it's an amazing feeling when, you, when you've got a goal scored right in front right of you. I mean, I you. I mean, I know I've had that experience multiple times uh, sitting with the uh, Tower Bridge Battalion, but I'm just I'm just, I am just so happy that uh, you finally got one right there at VIP, one of the biggest goals in in the history of this club uh, aside from the 2014 championship. Yeah, this was this was incredible. I just I was I was, I was dumb. I mean, it was just like, holy freaking smokes. I better go take my seat, you know, cause I, I didn't stay there after that. I went and joined my, my friends and my sister up in the, in my regular seats, but man, this was just out of sight. Looking at, at the goal, you know, it, it was a really strong header and whatnot, but I do think that the San Jose Earthquakes goalkeeper, you know, played a big role in it. Right. Hello. Because, Ding uh, dong. He, yep. Yeah, we would have been so mad had this been uh, like against us, right? We would have been like, oh, the goalkeeper really messed up. Like that was an easy ball for him to get, right? Or just to at least uh, get a touch on and but not a touch back into your own net, right? So yeah, uh, we we did good though. I mean, to, to do this, to, to make this happen, you got to get the corner kick and to get the corner kick, you got to be up front, right? So uh, huge kudos to to the team for for getting the corner kick and not only that too but if you guys recall up up until that point of the goal we weren't playing good right the San Jose had plenty of opportunities before and I'm sure you know more more than a few of us actually got really nervous right at the beginning because we weren't getting that many opportunities and so yep. I feel like after we got the goal that was such a big boost in confidence, right? Just as any goal is for a team when you're winning. Yep. And, and luckily for us, you know, that, that worked in our favor. And, and luckily the team didn't back down, right? Because we often see that some teams just start defending, right? especially in cup games. You score the first one and then they start to park the bus. It doesn't matter when, it, when they get the goal, right? Because the other team is just constantly trying to, uh, you know, get a goal back on you. But we didn't do that. We kept going. And, uh, you know, it, it was a really great time to get a goal. And and I'm sure everyone felt the same way uh, at the at the stadium as, as, again, most of us were feeling pretty nervous up until that point. <laughs> so taking a look at, at more of the plays in the second half, too, I don't know what your guys' thoughts were on, on Dougie. I had mixed feelings uh, in the first half. I think there were some plays where he could have put a little bit more pressure, but that's kind of saying what we've said in other games right in the first half where Dougie doesn't run as much or he chooses to run in certain occasions Um, but he did have a couple of different plays that were pretty good right for instance we're looking at the highlights in the 40th minute there was a great show it was shoulder contact but the San Jose Earthquakes guy just goes out flying it was a legal challenge and he had an opportunity which 
I don't know what you guys think because I know early on in the match, uh, he had a, an opportunity where he could have shot, but he decided to pass it, which, you know, okay, we, we enjoy teamwork and whatnot, but I think he would have had a better opportunity shooting. But in the 40th minute, he takes a shot, right? Granted, the angle, you know, was pretty tough, right? Um, but he could have also passed the ball back to Z-Man, right, who was unmarked. And maybe Z-Man could have pulled a, another shot. But what did you guys think overall of uh, of Dougie? On that particular on that particular play, I was I was bummed that there wasn't he was ascend, there was no framing of the box by our guys. They were uh, parking the bus at that point because we were ahead one zero, so they were almost like letting Dougie just run and run them out. But I had I thought it wasn't Dougie who made that mistake. I think it was our players for not framing the box and anticipating that ball that just skittered right across the face of the goal. However, you know, Dougie is Dougie and he will, you know, play in flashes. He is a, they call him a flashy player. You know, some moments he's anticipatory. Other times he's kind of, he's a Panther, you know, he's waiting for that moment to activate. So it's almost like he lulls players to sleep. You remember Chris Wondolowski played very similar. It wasn't like he was flashy, you know, Chris did play hard, but he would lull his defenders to sleep by not doing much. And then all of a sudden he would be that guy that got free and got loose and either scored or made an assist. So, uh, you know, I, I don't know, honestly, this game, we won it. I don't want to critique our guys heavily. I think they pulled Dougie out at the right time and replaced him with Luther. So all things said, I'm, I'm not, I'm not critiquing. I'm not going to be critical of, of Dougie. I think he did his job, what he came to do last night, Jared. Well, not this play, but uh, towards the second half, I noticed that there was a, uh, a run that uh, Dougie had made uh, on the breakaway. He actually had a, um, he actually had a Keiko open and I was thinking, okay, you know, he's got, got it close into the final third, you know, quick dish off to Keiko and Keiko could at least try to knock it in, but uh, he took the shot himself. And then and I had seen where, where Keiko was uh, physically upset. You know, that the fact that he was wide open, I mean, he just threw his arms, you know, to the side, like, uh, Hey, I'm open. I mean, what, what's up? And, and I noticed that a couple of times in the second half. I mean, it's great that uh, Dougie's got his speed up uh, going again in, in the second half. I mean, like like we, you know, like we miss. But uh, I, I don't know. I mean, what? It's just more of a what if. What what if Dougie had, you know, seen that Keiko got it open? We could be talking about a three a three nil game right right now. But uh, uh, unfortunately, he did get uh, a little bit. St- I'm not sure if he was injured or just a running tired or so, but, but yeah, ultimately that was when uh, Luther got, got subbed in, but slowly, but slowly we're, we're seeing Dougie getting better at the constant speed. I mean, we, I know he is ultimately running his legs off because he's not going to be able to play on Saturday, but I mean, this is nonetheless still a great performance, but I'm just wondering where the communication had gone in the second half, as far as uh, the breakaways they had. And, you know, again, I don't know if maybe that's related to that first play that he had where he actually did pass it. And then it's like, you know, a lot of people were like, he should have just taken the shot, right? Maybe he, after that play, he was like, I'm just going to take the shot now. It could have been why he ended up doing that. Um, that that may have been why, but 
yeah, uh, I think some of us thought he would be starting. Other of us thought he might be in the bench. And, and ultimately, coach decided to, to start him. And it, it was the right decision to, to do that. So uh, shout out to coach for um, starting off a really good um, starting lineup uh, for this game as well. So we move on to the second half. And I mean, I was a bit surprised that San Jose Earthquakes didn't do more subs at halftime. I thought we were just going to get a lot of their starters that were in the bench uh, show up. But thankfully for us, that didn't happen. They didn't sub them until I think later on in the match around the 58th, 59th minute. And I think after they got those three subs in, it was trophies. It was uh, Kate Cowell and Christian Espinoza. And those three guys are dangerous up front. I mean, they, they've scored countless goals in MLS. And um, I mean, you, you got a national team guy with Kate Cowell as well. So they, they got yeah. subbed in later, luckily for us, because I think if they get subbed in at halftime, uh, I think we might be seeing extra time and Jared and I would have gotten a point. But yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Well, let's not discount. Let's not discount Buddha for San Jose. I mean, he, he was definitely uh, harassing the, the our boys as far as on defense and offense. I mean, he was putting in the speed and just uh, just trapping us as as much as he was. So he was definitely a handful for them. Yeah. Oh, yeah, he definitely was, too. He did deserve a card, though. He had a couple of fouls there that were worthy of yellow cards. But um, referee, as referees usually do at Sacramento, um, he wasn't really, you know, um, calling a lot of fouls or, you know, pulling a lot of cards. But that's that's another story. <laughs> you know what, though? I thought the refing was fairly fair. Honestly, the the center ref, I thought, did a better job on this game than he has done in past matches. Um, I, I actually think he had a pretty good handle on the game. So, you know, shout out to him. There was one blatant foul against Luther. Ooh, I think the player got a yellow card for that one, but we didn't capitalize on the free kick. It was a little while later when we actually scored our second goal. The officiating in this one was uh, was much more smoother than we've seen in some of our league matches. I mean, just light years beyond Melvin and... <laughs> <laughs> oh well, yeah. Mel- Melbourne is oh. is on another another level of refereeing, but um, oh well, not, you not know, in a good way. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> not 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 in a good way. No, it's it's not in the not so good level. But in that play that Sharon's referencing, right, happened in the 66th minute. And again, why I I was a little uh, criticizing the referee for this one. I thought that was a red card. Last man, he he's he's got a, a you know shot on target, right? Not only last man, but he had an angle to shoot. And he pulls a yellow card. And I'm like, how do you do that? He was clearly the last guy. There was no other San Jose Earthquake player anywhere near there. And had he not, you know, uh, dropped him there, I mean, Luther probably could have taken him out and he would have had a clear shot at goal. So I don't know why the referee pulled a yellow card when that he was, was he was stuck between decisions. There's another view of the foul where the weather whistle had not been blown very, very right away. Um, and Luther got up and gained possession of the ball. And it was going to be a scoring opportunity because there was nobody around Luther when he popped back up and started to run. Had mm-hmm. the ref allowed play to, he was between two minds. He was going to allow play to continue, but I think he realized there was a foul. And so in those minutes of him thinking, what do I do? Do I, do I blow or do I let this play continue? Because right there, Luther doesn't hear the whistle. 
And, you know, even though the ref has the arm up, he's blew the whistle a little bit late. Can you imagine if Luther was the one-on-one with the keeper and the ref kept the whistle silent, but mm. he, he didn't, he already had the arm up for a direct kick or what was it? Direct or indirect. I forget what, um, anyhow, it doesn't matter. It was for the, it was for the foul, but I, he just was between two minds. The ref was between two minds. I would be, you know, because Luther did pop right back up, which we love, you know, otherwise known as Kisa Wetter or whatever his name is. What's his name? Kisa Jerome. Yeah. Jerome. Where he would lay on the ground and roll around for a little while. Oh. Luther, he got dragged down, you know, whatever. He popped right back up because he knew he could possibly score. And I wish the ref would have let him. I would have loved to have seen I would have loved to have seen a score right then and there, you know? Yeah. I got dragged down yellow card, the player later, but let Luther keep playing. I don't know. That's just me because I think Luther had a chance. So, so typically when referees do that, uh, they don't usually pull a yellow card. Usually if you're going to stop a play and it was last man, that's a red card right there. Or in general, I think just with anything, right? Yeah. Yeah. So I I know uh, I realize that, but anyhow, I really wish you would have let it keep going because Luther would have scored anyhow. Oh, yeah. He had a, I mean, he could have, he had different options, right? He could have yeah. shot different ways. And he was right in front of the goalkeeper, right? Just like literally a couple of steps away from the net. So it would have been good. I mean, it would have been a whole different scenario. And, and but who knows, right? May, maybe it hurts us to be up 2 0 at the 67th minute versus right. us being 2 0 you know, uh, closer to the end of the game. So I, I guess there's there's pros and cons, right? If we knew we were going to s- still score the goal yeah, <laughs> that Roro did, um, then, you know, we, we would be fine, right? Like, oh, yeah, just give us give us another goal. But but yeah, I mean, my, my idea with this is that it was a red card and I just think the, the referee uh, just didn't want to pull it. I don't know, or maybe he thought he w- didn't have a shot at goal, but he was going towards direction of goal. So... I, I just don't know why uh, he, he didn't pull the red card. It seemed pretty obvious. Let's go ahead and move on to, to the actual goal that we just referenced right now because being up 1-0 was great and all, but if they would have asked us, I don't know about you guys, right? But if, if they would have asked me, like, okay, you guys are going to get a goal, which one out of all the players that are still playing would you want to see score? I would have been like, let's have Roro score a goal. Let's make it be like closer to the end of the match because – he likes to score, and especially him scoring at the end of the match is not something new, right? We just saw him get that penalty kick, uh, last-minute goal against Central Valley Fuego, and he basically did it again. It wasn't the very last minute, but it, it was in the 84th minute. Did, did either of you expect him to pull the shot from there, or, or were you surprised, or what did you guys think? I mean, this this is Roro. I mean... You you randomly you don't really expect him to pull out the uh, Aerojet leg like he does. I mean, aside from penalty kicks, I mean, I was thinking you know he's gonna wind his way and either pass it and get it to tap in, but for him to just uh, send that rocket from where he was, I mean, I mean, it's not the first time and it's not the last. But we're we're just glad to see that he still got it and he's still serving them up, but. As far as expecting that that uh, goal, yeah, I, I really wasn't. I'm glad for it, but I wasn't really expecting him to, to rocket it from that far out. Yeah, I mean, he shot from, like, Sharonstown Elgrove, right? <laughs> it's like, it seemed like it. <laughs> out of the box. 
He shot from that's the what, river. He shot from one of the homeless camps out in the river. <laughs> yeah. Well, well, that's that's funny that, that you mentioned that you shot it from Elk Grove because uh, there was a um, News Ten uh, sportscaster that uh, when he played the highlight, you know, he mentioned that Robo had fired it off from, from all the way in Elk Grove. So, oh my gosh. So that's, that, well, that, that's, that's why I said it too. That's uh, yeah, that's why I said it too. Yeah, but it, it made sense, you know. And and plus, because Sharon's from Elk Grove, so gotta give him a All shout right. out whenever I yes. can. Of course, shout out to Elk Grove. And Roro for a little while lived right on the outskirts of Elk Grove. I don't know where he's living right now, but I'll tell you what, it did feel like uh, it did feel like the row of old, you know, for him to take that shot. But if you think about who drug one of the defenders out wide, who did that? Who did that? Who drug the defender out wide? So that Roro had a clear shot. Who was that? That kind of spun himself out wide. Was that Jack? Jack. Jack. Yeah. Good so, old Jack. So Jack kind of distracts, and it's like, oh, Roro saw a channel. It's like, oh, I'm going in. He saw the perfect channel. Of course, their keeper is not their normal keeper. This is this is not their starting keeper. So you know he's not used to what we can throw into the net. I'm hoping LA Galaxy doesn't give us a starting keeper either. You know, it's like, yeah, don't respect us. Whatever. <laughs> we'll 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 make you pay. Just so awesome how Roro opens up his own space, right? I mean, you, you could tell right away what once he moves that ball along, he knew what he was gonna do already. And he saw the the open lane to just keep going and just pull the shot. I, I feel like he knew he was gonna shoot. You could tell, right? He stops the ball. He's kind of deciding what to do. And then he just, he has it in his mind. He's going to shoot. There's no way he would have passed it back to Jack. That man knew what he was going to do already. Like, like 10 seconds before he pulls the shot. But his defender almost looked like he was like jogging with him. It's like, oh yeah. Okay. (laughs) Somebody else will pick up the guy running through. And it's like, you always pick up the guy with the ball. You know, you do something to the Mm -hmm. guy with the ball and that defender was like lame. I'm sorry, whoever that was in the midfield. <laughs> you know, I'm sure he's like a solid player normally, but look what he does. I mean, like, Roe is not the speediest guy. We all know that. Mm-hmm. Roe is just the smartest guy, right? And to, for him to just, like, for his, the guy who was marking him, just to let him go, it's like, God, do you not know the pedigree you're dealing with? Dang. Anyhow. I hope we get more of this in LA when we go to LA on the 21st. So yeah. So Roro gets the second goal crowd goes absolutely nuts. It was just what a goal, what a celebration. And at that point we knew we didn't have a whole lot of time left on the clock. And we knew that we could probably bunker down and count on, you know, our now new favorite Danny Vidiolo, you know, I think his, he's just, all we can say is all the time, it's so much fun to say Danny V, right? That's a fun name to say, Danny mm. Videolo, Danny V. He kept us, he kept that clean sheet after Roro scored the goal. Just amazing. And Matt LaGrasse for finding Roe, you know, in the first place. Because I think the, I think Roe got the ball off Matt LaGrasse. Is that not correct? I, I think it was a Matt LaGrasse pass. Yeah, so gotta, yeah, it was a Matt LaGrasse pass. Yeah, you got to give props to LaGrasse for finding finding the man. And, and they know each other too, right? I mean, they go back to the the OG yep. days of, of uh, playing together, and and that's great. Okay, getting those 2014 vibes, right? We we saw 
Cameron retired last year and to see two guys who are still back, you know, then playing with us is, is really awesome. And it's, it's like, they're having a, another moment with us and they, they want to bring us the second championship, right. And, and continue to make history in the open cup. So they've been doing really great. This is what happens when you bring the band back together, you get some more, <laughs> you get some more hits, some more medleys, especially in the back of the net. I, I was just, I mean, I was just blown out of the water when I heard not not just Roro, but Matt LaGrasse coming back. And I did have a sneaking suspicion that Matt was coming back because I because I had heard and seen a few rumblings here and there. And that kind of started clicking my head. So just to see these two back at it again, like like the old days. Oh, man, it's just just, totally amazing. I love it. We need more. Uh, and now we move on uh, to face LA Galaxy, who beat LAFC 3-1 yesterday. I, I thought that game would be a little bit more evened out, but uh, they managed to get the win. And that game is actually not going to happen on a Wednesday. It's going to be on a Tuesday this time, June 21st at 7.30 p.m. at uh, Dignity Health. And so should be a good one. Uh, hopefully uh, some of you out there can can make it. I don't know if I'll be able to be there, but... Uh, if, if anyone does make it there and we're not there, then, uh, you know, we'd, we'd love to have you on, on the show so you can give us uh, your opinion on the game and also let us know what happened just in the whole atmosphere, just like we enjoy talking about any away game. And so please uh, let us know. Yeah, if this was a Saturday or Sunday match, I would totally be down for there. I mean, I already know Flix bus goes from Phoenix to L.A., but then from there it would just be a matter of getting up to Carson. I mean, I, I I could find a way if it was a Saturday or Sunday, but given the fact that it's a Tuesday, I mean, that definitely puts a, a stretch on things, especially since that's the uh, a few days before the uh, Monterey match uh, on uh, that weekend. But um, I, I know there's there's got to be Republic FC fans that are going to try to go down to Carson there for that match. Um, we we have one particular fan in the LA area as well that um, I'm hoping <laughs> gets it gets to the match. Uh, Michael, um, but we'll, we'll see. I, I know it's basically right in his backyard. It'd be great if he makes it, but, uh, but I know it's it's going to be in a bit, bit of rough territory with the Galaxy fans there. <laughs> yeah, I actually I'm going to be reaching out to him and hopefully we can have him back on. And and for any of the new listeners who don't know who he is, uh, he helped me co-found. Uh, this podcast so it'd be awesome if he he could make a little comeback there uh, with that but he hopes to be on more next year he's trying to fix his internet so once that gets set up i know he'll he'll be back on here as well and also we got the twenty five thousand dollars, and the team just confirmed it as well it wasn't just me saying it yesterday but uh it it has been confirmed and uh, i might be wrong but i think it, it is the first time that we ever get the cash prize i don't think we were ever the team that made it for this and other nope. editions but no nope. you know. this is the first so yeah because there, there's been other there's been other usl championship teams that have uh, made it further than us uh but with this particular situation in the round of 16 it was just us and louisville city uh louisville city had lost in nashville so even uh, about maybe halfway through the first half, the uh, commentators were mentioning that uh, you know they had gotten word that Sacramento had ended up winning the twenty five thousand dollars by way of a tiebreaker. Once again, just just in the first half, but now the fact that they've won in advance, 
I mean, this gets uh, Republic FC the 25K because they are the furthest advancing USL championship team. And as far as the bracket goes right now, I mean, uh, I'm hearing that if we make it to the final, it was like, what, 150 or different figures, something like that? Yeah, final 150, champion gets 300. So, I mean, that's it's pretty decent money, even if you don't win it. I mean, I'm just saying. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah, I mean, all we have to do is beat LA and then either beat Union Omaha or Sporting KC and then... You know that you know that that money comes rolling in, and and All I and right, I still let's say let's not get it. Let's not get ahead I, of ourselves. I, let's not get ahead of ourselves. It's let nice me dream. dream. Let, let me dream. dream. I know though, that was my tagline on all my posts. It was like dreams are coming true. Dreams are coming I want, true. I want to go back to New Jersey. I want to see us play in the final against the Red Bulls. If if <laughs> if it works out that way, at least this way it's going to be in a bigger arena, not just two hundred people. I know. How sad was that? Well, so, since so, you're dreaming, allow me to add one more to that. <laughs> and that is the, uh, let me make a reminder that if you're champion of the Open Cup, you get to go to the CONCACAF Champions League. So uh, I'm just saying, if that's not motivation, I don't know what is. And if you go to that tournament, you get another cash prize just for participating, basically. So <laughs> a lot of money. And, and well, not only that too, right? But again, Yesterday's win was more than just us getting a win and advancing to the Open Cup, but we left the mark on MLS, right? And mm-hmm. it, as we know, some of the uh, Quake supporter groups that came down, they had a banner that basically poked fun at the fact that we weren't in MLS, but we had the last laugh, as they say, right? And we managed to show the world that, you know, we we beat an MLS team at, at home and in this phase of the tournament, which is typically a tough face because most teams are are really serious about these games um when it comes to being in the round of 16 already so and of course the memes have already started not just by myself but but others as well uh because the ultras uh, ultras uh, 1906 they had a a double tifo the first one said welcome uh, welcome to mls and then the second one said oh never mind and then there was a photo after the match where they had abandoned the second one where it just furled to say, never mind, with a whole <laughs> bunch of empty stands. But, but of course, you know me. I took advantage of, uh, of that, too. So <laughs> I, I knew it, Jared. Uh, I didn't even have to tell you. I, when I saw that, I was like, Jared is creating a meme right now. I know it. I just know it. <laughs> oh, so good. great that, that you did that. I think someone on the team also did uh, a little video of of that too including that and including the uh just kidding as well so that that was actually tower bridge uh battalion also somebody created on tvb they created a a tweet uh that had some some of the same stuff on there and and then uh, sac republic just reposted it um and it was, it, it's precious. All this, we love this uh, humor, the, you know, the cynicism, the sarcasm and the the rivalry back and forth. We just absolutely love it. We love it. And if you haven't had a chance to take a look at uh, Jared's post uh, re- with respect to the TIFO, um, y- y'all, y'all get, need to have a treat there. Go, go look for that. So let's go ahead and look at our uh, little competition because I know Sharon really wants to know what the standings are <laughs> now um, for, for a while. I know the other week she didn't want to even know or didn't even want me to talk about it, but I still True. did. Um, True. So 
we got I had the salt on hand. I had the salt on hand. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that's one. Um, so you got myself and Sharon tied with four points, and Jared is last with three points. So it's still anyone's game, right? It was still a point away, but Sharon gained two points and Jared and me gained nothing. So so now we have to make predictions for Oakland. Yeah. Predictions for Oakland. Mm. Who wants to go first? I have my score line. I just can't decide. I have four four players. I got to narrow it down. <laughs> I have the score line is 3-1 with, with us winning. 3-1 in Oakland. Um, and I can't decide if I want Jack, Luis, Zico, or Luther as my first goal scorer because we all know Dougie's not going to be there. Who's overdue? I keep picking Luther. You know, it's kind of <laughs> like I'm I'm going to stay with red 22, even though Luther's a 17. Okay, I'll stay with red 17 or whatever you want to call it. I think I'm going to stick with Luther because he's got to start. I mean, Dougie's not starting unless Luther pulls an injury. All right, 3-1 Luther. 3-1 Luther. Okay. I'm going to say 2-0 Republic because Danny V can't keep uh, giving out the, the clean sheets. I'm starting to think he's uh, doing a side gig with Swanson Cleaners at this point. <laughs> oh, maybe. And as far as first goal, that is going to be a bit of a bit of a tough one there. Uh, obviously, Dougie's not going to be, be an option, of course. Let's see. You got Kecko. You've got guys that were rested. This kind of. You got Kecko. You got Lala. You've got even Sosa, you know, you've got, oh, our, um, uh, uh, Malik. Oh. Yeah, that's, yeah, I, I would say Malik's uh, been due for a goal since the New Jersey game. So, yeah, I'll, I'll go with Malik. As your first goal score. Okay. First goal score. Yep. All oh, right, I so hope you're that, right. That was Man, two, I would love to see a Malik goal. 2-0 two, two Malik then. Yep. Well. I'm not as optimistic as you two, but again, I hope I'm wrong. Just like I, I hoped I was wrong yesterday. <laughs> oh, you're going with a tie. You're going with Joseph A. Banks, aren't you? I'm going with the, the, the tie. Uh, what, <gasps> one, 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 and Keiko scores the goal. And on Oakland, Darek Formella scores the goal. And that's the tying goal. We, we could have gotten the win, but of course, Darek had to, you know, just mess things up. But. Dude. You do not get a point if Derek scores. You know that, don't you? Oh yeah, yeah, I know that. That was just the, I just threw that in as a as a bonus there. <laughs> just just making sure. Yeah, but, we gotta but, make sure everybody heard it. We are not counting Derek Formella's <laughs> goal as a point for Luis if he scores their one goal and it ends up being a tie. But I love the fact that you picked my guy Keko. Yeah, that is awesome. Darn it, you, you, you guys got me high. Do not said that. Maybe I would have had grounds to, to say, well, you know, I, I did say one of the goal scorers. <laughs> we didn't say who. Um, but, yeah, you know, I, I would be more optimistic for a win. But I just think after this, this game yesterday, it was pretty intense. And I think Coach is going to be resting some of the guys that were in the starting 11 just because yeah. of how intense it was. And so, you know, I, I, I see him just bringing a tie back home. Uh, but if we hadn't had the game, I would be more confident that they they would actually get the win on on Saturday. Yeah, uh, yeah. I mean, it's never easy. Oh, Oakland isn't playing as good this season, but you know, when you make the trip out there and you know how packed the stadium, I'm sure will be. 
it's going to be a, a tough one uh, as well. And so, but a, another interesting one being that, you know, we got Darek on, on their side who used to be with us and, and Embra, right. I mean, every time we play against Embra, we know that's uh, going to be a, a tough game. So, but again, I hope I'm wrong. And one of you two is right. And I, I the only point I get is because Keiko scored first. So, all right. Well, Jared, I believe you have a USL unsolved mystery for us. Well, I do know of, of one uh, as as far as this goes, and this this kind of plays in relevance to yesterday. Did anybody put put out a bolo for the San Jose earthquakes uh, last uh, night? Because compared to the past few times we played San Jose, they've either absolutely crushed us or they have just uh, taken it beyond. I mean, there were some rough spots here and there for the Republic FC last night, but Otherwise, from what I've seen, I mean, it was just—I don't know if they had put out their B squad or or what's happening. I mean, maybe they thought, "Oh, Republic FC, this is going to be another W." No, they failed to see how we dismantled Phoenix, and look at the downside Phoenix has been having as well. Ever since we beat them two nothing in the last round, which, by the way, May is officially dos acero month for our open club uh, participation because we beat Phoenix two nil, and then we beat San Jose two nil, both powerhouses. So, what is happening with both San Jose and Phoenix? Did we? I uh, what's the best way to put this? Did we pa- pass on some bad juju to both uh, teams? Because just going back to Phoenix, they lost two nothing to us in, in an open cup. The next match in league play, they get smoked five one by the by the Tampa Bay, and then the next game seven nothing against New Mexico. That's an outscoring of 14 points to one when you can count all three games. I mean, if you take away the open play, that's still 12 to one. I mean, that is a major goal difference. In fact, that's one thing I would like to, to, to have a look at. If we look at the standings uh, for the Western Conference, I'm curious to see what the goal difference is for Phoenix is now, because I'm pretty certain it was uh, well in the positive last I checked. Oh, yeah, it's got to be really negative uh, at this point when you've gotten so many goals against. And if we take a look at that, they are negative five with 24 goals against. Still not the highest uh, amount, though. Monterey has one more goal against, but almost. But as far as goal differential, they they are the highest ranked team with the, with the negative goal differential. I mean, they, ha- they are negative five. I mean... Even if we look at Las Vegas lights, they're only negative one in their lower end of standings. But yeah, I would say if it comes down to tiebreakers, this is definitely going to be hurting Phoenix as far as uh, that goal di- differential goes. I mean, and I'm, and I'm hoping that the trend continues. So that way, once we start getting more league play wins, uh, we can actually get uh, We can actually bump it up. So Given the fact that we have uh, 15 points, we are actually tied with RGV. So if we can somehow beat Oakland, that is going to bump us up to 18, actually tied with Phoenix uh, point-wise. And we have, So that's going to be interesting. We have, we have three games in hand when you look at El Paso. This is the one thing that Luis always points out is like it's – uh, we have such a discrepancy in matches played over time. 
were not matched up. Like Colorado's only played nine matches and yet they're like busting a hump out there. You know, they've got 24 points and only nine matches played, which is crazy nuts, you know? And then you look at Icky San, uh, sorry, San Antonio, and they've got 10 matches played in 24 points. And then you look at us with 10 matches played in 15 points. So we've got some ground to make up. We can do it. We've just got to keep winning away now, not losing. Mm-hmm. We can't drop points away. Absolutely. Against Oakland, because if we look at Oakland, sure, they might have uh, two more games than we do at 12 points, but you let them be true and they're going to be tied, right? Even That's again, right. They might have more games than we do, but the thing I don't like uh, about this whole system of like teams not being at least a game away, right? But not like, I mean, three games away, like El Paso has 13 games played and you got us with 10 games played, is that it could be a psychological thing where, uh, you know, a player might see the standings and you might not always like look at matches played. And before you know it, you end up making up those three matches and you end up not getting much points, right? Or maybe one point out of three matches because psychologically you felt like you were out of the playoffs when in reality you still had some games to catch up. So that's what I don't like about it. And that's why it should be just as it is in most leagues around the world. You look at, say, the Premier League, they might have one game in hand, whatever, but you don't typically see a team have two or three games in hand. It's just, and I just don't know why they do it that way. And I sure wish I could talk to someone at USL HQ and, and find out why is it that it's being done this way. That's another U.S. Unsolved Mystery bonus there, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So joining us from uh, the Quakes Epicenter. And as I mentioned earlier on the podcast, uh, he, he was at the game yesterday and uh, he actually uh, was able to speak to some of the San Jose Earthquake uh, players and staff. Um, Alex Morgan, uh, w- welcome to the show, man. Uh, I'm really glad you hopped on. I know it's never easy to uh, talk about the team when, when you guys lose, but uh, we, we appreciate it. Well, thanks so much for having me. Uh, it's really good to be on. And uh, Sacramento fully deserved uh, that victory. You guys earned it. Uh, it was my first time uh, at Heart Health Park uh, up in up in Sacramento. And, and you guys left such a strong impression, uh, the fans, the the club, uh, the team. So uh, just congratulations to, to all of you guys and, and best of luck in the next round against uh, the Galaxy. Alex, that's really nice of you to say that, um, and also nice to say that we fully deserved it, even though our possession wasn't, and we'll talk about that ourselves in a little bit, but that, you know, you guys had shots in possession up the wazoo, and, you know, you had some incredible players on the pitch. However, there's something about, and, and you saw it yesterday, the 12th man, there's something about playing at Heart Health Park at that field. It feels like a, a force field, like it's just an amazing experience. What did you think of that? Well, the atmosphere at the stadium was incredible. Uh, and I think it speaks to the fact that the fans care a lot about this rivalry. This is the the, the local derby in, in Northern California. And uh, look, San Jose fans came out in force. I think there was a good showing of a couple hundred traveling fans from the San Jose Ultras and some of the other supporter groups. So 
I commend them for making it all the way to Sacramento. And then, uh, of course, the home fans, the, the, the Tower Bridge Battalion, I think it's called, uh, had a, made a really strong impression with me. And, and it was an, an intimidating atmosphere. And I can see why, you know, the Sacramento Republic have been so good uh, at home in the Open Cup. Uh, and uh, yeah, it was a, a really strong performance. Uh, I thought that uh, Mark Briggs did a fantastic job with how he set up his team. I'm honestly a little bit surprised uh, with some of the recent struggles that you guys have had in, in in the league because of how well you played. But I think that just speaks to the to the you know level of, of talent and quality in in the USL. Uh, and uh, yeah, I, I was uh, very impressed by by a couple guys in particular. I thought Luis Felipe. Uh, played really, really well. We can talk about him more since he's a, a former San Jose player himself. Uh, and then uh, a couple other a couple other players uh, stood out to me as well. Uh, your right winger, I keep forgetting his name. Douglas Jr. Uh, was uh, really an instigator out there for, for the Republic. So those were two guys that stood out to me in particular. You know, it's funny. Then last night you saw Dougie who was on and in anticipation. He's He's flashy. In other words, sometimes when he shows up at a match, he's not on and anticipating, but you saw the best Dougie that we've had, that we've all seen. You saw the best one last night. So kudos to you for being able, you know, to see good, not good Dougie, bad Dougie or anything like that, but, but the, the Dougie um, Douglas that, uh, you know, was, was ready to go and ready to go. What did you think of Jack Gurr, the guy who played kind of behind him, that little short, um, Englishman, there was a, a the number two who played behind him, little I speedy guy. They did it. They did a great job on that that right flank uh, altogether. Jacker, I think, played well. Shut down to Sini Buddha, uh, and really, they they both terrorized Chase Salinas. Uh, he was playing left back for, for San Jose. He's one of our, our veteran players, a really beloved player. Uh, but uh, they made him look pretty slow out there, uh, which is which is saying something. You, I think you can tell that Douglas Jr. has an attitude. You can tell that he's a flashy player who, who riles people up, who gets it going. And I think you can tell that sometimes when he's on his game, that makes him super dangerous. And that was really effective, I think, at disrupting San Jose's build up, getting in their heads, making it a chippy game. Uh, but I think you can probably tell that sometimes uh, that kind of attitude that he brings could could backfire a little bit. Uh, but uh, yeah, they did a great job on that right flank. Uh, and look, Luis Felipe was was really the guy that stood out for me because uh, I think that a lot of San Jose fans uh, have the impression that that he was better than uh, than he was uh, sort of given credit for in the the San Jose organization. That that he's a player who could really be playing in Major League Soccer, uh, but. Uh, because he didn't fit Matias Almeida's system, because he's really a traditional sort of double pivot kind of player, uh, he he just didn't fit the man marking system. He wasn't able to man mark in Matias Almeida's system, and as as such, was kind of forced out in an unfortunate. Uh, way because he's he's a really talented player and, and he showed it last night with the way that he was bossing in the midfield he was completely shutting down Jan Gregus. Jan Gregus is a, a midfielder for San Jose that has been a former DP in Major League Soccer one of their highest paid players plays for the Salakian national team uh, and he was completely invisible and I, I think that's in large part because of the way that uh, Luis Felipe shut him down. And we couldn't agree more um, Luis Urbano, Jared Slaff and myself Sharon Anderson otherwise known as Podcast Mom we all are really high on Luis Felipe. I think I I might have been high on him like last season. I, we saw so much with him last season. And I don't know if you've listened to any of our podcasts, but we totally joked about how many yellow cards. He won the yellow card competition for the USL. He had 14 of them. 
at the end of the season. So you know that you know how he plays. He's going to play tough. He's not going to let anybody get by him. And of course, he earned a yellow card last night, right? Yep. Yep. He did. Yeah. So, mm-hmm. so I mean, that's his job. That's his role. He thoroughly embraces it. We actually have an internal contest going. You know who Matt LaGrasse is, right? He played for Nashville last year and he also played for us a while mm-hmm. ago, played for Reno. That's right. We have an internal contest going uh, as far as, uh, Matt LaGrasse and Luis Felipe, who's going to earn the most yellow cards in a season. Um, and I think uh, Luis Urbano picked Matt LaGrasse because he's fresh back. And both Jared and I pit, picked Luis Felipe simply because we know we know what he brings to the table. We see exactly what you see in him. And it's too bad that Mateus, he didn't fit into that system. However, I'm sure MLS is, re, you know, there's some clubs out there that after last night, they're taking another hot look at him and probably... You know, we always say hands off, eyes off any of our guys that we love. And it's like, you will not touch our coach. You are not going to touch our keepers. You're not going to touch Luis Felipe. And you're not going to touch Connor Donovan. You know, it's like eyes off, hands off. Let us get through this whole mess of a season. Because they already stole Gio Aguilar from us. You know, uh, Vancouver has that guy. And now he's tearing it up up there. And it's like, he could have been with us this year. We signed him. And MLS, you know, uh, they took him. Well, I so. think it's going to be it's going to be hard to keep those the scouts away, unfortunately, especially if this this Open Cup uh, run continues. I know, Alex. Yeah. And what do you think our chances are against LA Galaxy? How do you think we pair up? Well, I think uh, if the game is in Sacramento, I don't know it's where not. the game is going to be. It's not. I think that that's going to be a challenge going down to to LA. Uh, but I think that uh, you know if, if the Galaxy take the game for granted uh, the way that the Quakes did. Uh, then I think that uh, you guys have a really good chance because I think that the Quakes clearly intended to to take this game seriously. They brought up all those opposing fans. Uh, they bust them all up uh, to, to Sacramento. Uh, but I just think that uh, they didn't really prepare correctly for this one. They, they didn't uh, sort of in their rotational uh, sort of system, they didn't the budget the the right number of, of, of players and um you know, they, they, they talked a lot in the, the post-match press conference, Alex Cavello, the, the head coach, about sort of load management. And because the Quakes have played, you know, four games in the last two weeks and making sure that guys are fit and healthy. And the Quakes didn't have enough fit and healthy guys tonight uh, to, to be able to, to put out their, their strongest lineup. And I think they took for granted the fact that they could kind of walk in with a lot of their second stringers uh, and, and, and walk away with the victory. But I think they, they completely underestimated uh, Sacramento and, and, and the quality that, that you guys have. So if, if the Galaxy do the same, then I think that Sacramento have got to be odds-on favorites. But with that said, I think the Galaxy are a team that takes the Open Cup a little bit more seriously. We saw them trot out a really, really strong lineup against LAFC, get the victory uh, in, in the last round. So I, I think it's going to be tough. But uh, look, I, I, I think uh, out of, of respect for the, the Northern California Derby and rivalry. I, I wish you guys the best of luck because uh, no matter what, L- LA, the LA Galaxy are the, the real villains. They're the real villains. Yeah. You know, what's interesting is when Cape Cal got put on as a sub, that's when I got a little bit nervous is when they, when, when your coach subbed in Cape Cal, because we know what a load he is. We know what a handful he is. And, you know, it's like, who do we have? Okay. We have Connor Donovan that could possibly track him and, you know, keep up with him. And, you know, we have Duke LaCroix, you know, okay. So, so we've got some guys that could probably handle him because he's so crafty, you know, 
But again, I think think late in the second half, uh, San Jose kind of realized that they put themselves in a really bad position. I think from the sort of uh, the club's perspective, they were kind of just flying on autopilot mode uh, and expecting to be able to walk away with the the three points. But, but in that second half, they, they realized that they hadn't set themselves up for success. And uh, Alex Cavello subbed in a, a lot of the first stringers for the last half hour, you guys were playing most of the first string players available for San Jose. You had Christian Espinosa on, you had guys like Shofisa on, you had Eric Rometty come on, you had Kate Cowell come on. Those are San Jose's strongest guys. And uh, you guys were able to defend really, really well. Uh, and and the, the the way that you guys were able to bunker in those last 30 minutes was was really impressive. And uh, yeah, even, even though San Jose threw, threw everything at you, uh, it was it was too little, too late, and uh, uh, yeah, it was very well deserved victory. You know, I, I was surprised that um, Cobello actually subbed them in until like the 58th minute versus maybe doing it right at halftime. That was a mistake. That I, 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 I said that on the the, the post match show that, that we do on Quake's Epicenter, the aftershock last night. Uh, it was I, I think the fans were expecting a slate of changes at halftime because of the way that San Jose played in the first half. They played so poorly they weren't able to string passes together to get anything going in the final third. I think that that moment really called for uh, a slate of halftime changes, and, and Alex Cavello did not step up to that challenge. He's obviously the interim coach, took over from Matias Almeida a few weeks mm-hmm. ago, uh, and, and this I think was a moment in which he could really show his sort of flexibility uh, in his sort of tactical authority, and, and he didn't. He, sh- he shrunk from that challenge. And uh, uh, look, I, I, I think that uh, if San Jose had made uh, a slate of changes at halftime and completely flipped the momentum at halftime, it could have been a, a very different game because this is a San Jose team that is good at coming back from behind. Uh, they, they, they've come back from behind, I think, in uh, three of their last four uh, results uh, in, in Major League Soccer. They've come back from behind against the Sacramento Republic before in the, the last mm-hmm. U.S. Open Cup game, 4-3 victory. They came back from behind twice in one game to, to, to secure that victory. So I think it would have been a very different game if, if Alex Cavello had been able to make those subs at halftime and, and, and change that momentum a little bit earlier. Now, we did speak about uh, previous San Jose Earthquakes uh, players in uh, Luis Felipe, but there was also a former Sacramento Republic FC player in Tommy, in, uh, Tommy Thompson. Uh, how do you believe he fared? And uh, if he didn't do so great, uh, how do you believe there's uh, ways that he could improve? Well, Tommy Thompson's been an interesting case in San Jose over the last couple of years because he was one of Matias Almeida's favorite players, I think, uh, with the leadership that he brought to the club. Uh, he learned Spanish. He he, he became uh, really uh, fluent in Spanish uh, in order to be able to communicate with Almeida and become a leader on the team. So he's, a, he's really a, a consummate professional uh, and I think an important figure within the club. But I think it's been kind of hard to figure out where he fits in the San Jose lineup. He's under Matias. Matias Almeida played mostly at right back, uh, which uh, is a shift. He played mostly, I think, in the midfield in his time in Sacramento and, and earlier in his career for, for San Jose. It's his natural position was a number 10. Uh, but the, the shift to right back was, was difficult because he really does not have the pace uh, to, to compete with a lot of top wingers at right back. And I think you saw that in Sacramento. I think your winners were really giving him trouble, especially in the late in the second half. Uh, he, he struggled to keep up. Uh, he doesn't, he doesn't really have the one V one defending skills either to go toe to toe with those best wingers. So he's vulnerable when, when Tommy Thompson is in at right back, which is where he started last night. He's, he's vulnerable. Uh, and, and that's a vulnerable position for San Jose. I think that Tommy Thompson, uh, 
the, the good thing is that he's been able to find a role that fits him better, that suits him better. Recently, maybe the last uh, three, four, three, four months, he's been able to come on as a second half substitute more. And I think that the the uh, connection that he has with Christian Espinosa on the right wing for San Jose is really strong. And what he adds going forward, especially when San Jose are chasing the game, is really good because uh, the, the the way that he can combine with Christian Espinosa, that he can create chances in the final third and, and work his way up that right flank is really strong. So in those specific game situations, I think he offers a lot to the San Jose team. The problem is he's not a guy you want to have in there as you're starting right back, especially not against strong MLS uh, opposition. So, so there's your, your, your Tommy Thompson brief. Uh, he's definitely a guy that the, 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 the fan base holds dear to their hearts. And you know, what's so funny is I said the same thing in previous podcasts about what is, what is the one weakness that San Jose has. And I said, if they start Tommy Thompson, we've got him dead to dead to rights because we speed, we have speed, we have height. We, you know, we have things, more things than what Tommy's gifted with. And we love Tommy. Don't get us wrong. He was fabulous when we had him, you know, coming in as a loner from San Jose early in, in the early days. And it was great. We, we absolutely loved having a, on board, but we know what his strengths are and we know what those combination plays look like. I've watched them and I love them. I love it when there is that combination play with Espinoza and then Tommy gets around the corner, does one or two jukes. And the next thing you know, the ball's across the face of the net in true Tommy style. And then, you know, you guys have capitalized on that sort of stuff. So it's really good. And I agree. He's a, he's more of a second half player bring him off the bench kind of a guy to create a little bit of extra magic. But you know what, Alex, you, you read my mind like a cheap novel. It was exactly the same thing that I would have, I would have said, you know, or that I did say about what the weakness is, the one weakness that San Jose have has if they start Tommy against us. I mean, come on, who can keep up with Dougie and Duke and Jack? I mean, no one. He struggled but, against uh, the Seattle Sounders as well in the in the last yeah. round of the Open Cup. He was he was really shredded. On yeah, that right wing. Yeah, but I mean, let's face it, he's a tecker beyond compare. Seriously. Dude can shake you out of your boots. We know. Mm-hmm. Good analysis. Now, our keeper. When you talk about bunkering down, you guys actually had shots. You guys actually threw some fire at our keeper, and you had he came up. We called before you got on, we called him, you know, he was a Golden Glove winner in 2019. And that was one of the reasons why we picked him up is because he was that solid. And then it took a a game, literally, to for him to kind of get in sync with everything. And after that, after last night, you know, we're almost thinking of calling him the golden body because he used every part of himself against San Jose's attack. You guys actually were pulling some major stuff on us, you know, in the in the last bit when when it mattered and I just look at Danny Videolo we'll pull up our stats here after you get off probably because we don't want to keep you too long unless you want to come on and look at our stats um but the amount of saves that Danny Videolo had to make was phenomenal and we just to hold up against San Jose earthquakes more power to Danny Yep, I, I was surprised that uh, you guys were able to, to hold the clean sheet there in the, the final half hour. I think that's in large part because of that strong performance from from your keeper. I mean, there's uh, nothing he, he didn't put a foot wrong. There's nothing bad you can say about uh, his performance there in the in the last half hour. And I thought his leadership is really strong as well. Uh, San Jose are a team that can be dangerous from set pieces. They've scored a lot of their goals this season from set pieces, but the way that he was dominating the air in, in controlling that box was was really impressive. So, yeah, I, I don't know his background, but uh, uh, it, it, he's a guy I think that that uh, looked really strong in this game. 
You know, Alex, this is his first stint on the West Coast. He's never played mm. West Coast. He's an East Coast man. And he made the big shift, got married, came, brought the bride and the cat out to the West Coast. And we've, you know, literally, it's like, lose your accent, but he hasn't. It's like, you're with us now, you know, you're going to enjoy the Golden Gate Bridge and all that, you know, California has to offer. Enjoy it here. You know, it's not humid in the summer. Awesome. Well, we won't take any more of your time, Alex. And we really appreciate you coming on again. Uh, I, again, I know it's, it's tough to... Uh, Talk about your team, you know, when, when you lose, but we, we really appreciate your kind words too with uh, Sacramento too. And I'm sure, you know, all, all the fans and uh, all the San Jose fans who made the trip out there as well, they, they really had a, a blast in terms of like atmosphere that the team provided to uh, all fans. Likewise. Well, I, I think over the last couple of years with all the ups and downs that San Jose have had, I've gotten used to, to speaking about this team after <laughs> after they lose. But uh, this was this was a really fun game. I really appreciate uh, you guys, Luis, Sharon, Jared, all for having me on. And uh, I hope that next time uh, you guys are, are in San Jose, we can be just as hospitable uh, as you guys were to us and, and return the favor <laughs> there. So look forward to the next time we face each other. Likewise. Absolutely. Good. Good luck against LAFC. Thank you. We'll need it. <laughs> Take care of yourself. All right. Bye now. Bye-bye. Thank you. Luis, that was wonderful. Thank you so much for bringing Alex to our podcast. That was so, that was spectacular. I, I loved his perspective. Uh, Jared, what did you think? Uh, he definitely uh, brought a great analysis on uh, what, he, what he observed, uh, the uh, on, on the field, uh, the atmosphere. I mean, he, he definitely took it all in and, you know, sounds like he had a great, a great time. He, uh, aside from the scoreboard, but it, it was great having him on. Yeah. Next time we play San Jose, I'm, I'm hoping we can bring him on again. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And again, thank you to him for, for being on here. Uh, you know, we really appreciate to hear, uh, his take on the game because, uh, with us, it might just be one-sided sometimes, right. <laughs> or we mainly just watch our team, but we're not as familiar with, uh, away teams always. So it's always good to hear more about, um, what away fan perspectives are. All right. Well, Jared, Sharon, any final words before we uh, end tonight's episode? Have fun watching your Liga Mechies. That's all. And uh, go Republic. Well, it's time to get high fee in Oakland and let's uh, bring them three points back on the Barton Amtrak station. Go Republic. Awesome. Yes. Go Republic. We, we hope that we have a good game on Saturday. And for anyone that's going, uh, please let us know because we, we're we not too sure if we're going yet. But again, as I said before, we, we truly enjoy hearing uh, away experiences. And if we could have uh, one or two people on the show uh, next time, it would be really great to uh, hear your thoughts on the match and, and how things went over in Oakland, which hopefully it is actually going to be played, even though, granted, they do play in Blue Schools Field and whatnot. But should be playable field this time (laughs) yeah and thanks everybody for listening in to the podcast and you know and for also joining on our live shows and you know big big shout out to sac republic man we we're just we we be nothing without you we love talking about you yeah thank you so much everyone for uh listening to us and we hope you have a great night and you'll hear from us uh sometime sunday evening 